0: Welcome to the SBC of Virginia Not Alone podcast, bringing you real-time help and encouragement for your ministry. Now, here's Chris Weigel. Hey, this is the Not Alone podcast from the SBC of Virginia. The goal of the SBC of Virginia is to let you know that no matter what you're doing for the kingdom, you are not alone. It's no surprise that parenting has its own unique set of challenges. We pray and ask God to help us raise our kids in all the right ways, and when things don't go as planned, we carry that worry and burden on our own shoulders. But when we pray for our kids, do we ever consider the role of the Holy Spirit, and do we really understand the Holy Spirit? On this episode of the Not Alone podcast, SBCV Women's Ministry Team leader Donna Polk and LifeWay author Jeannie Cunyon explore the idea of how the Holy Spirit works, especially as we parent, and this episode is designed specifically for moms. With more, here's Donna.
1: Today, I am so excited to introduce Jenny Cunyon, a Lifeway author, speaker. And so, Jenny, would you just tell us a little bit about
2: yourself? My name is Jenny Cunyon, and I'm married to Mike, and we have five boys who uh, range in age from kindergarten to college. So we are very much in the thick of it right now. Like you said, I write books and Bible studies. I love Jesus. I need his grace every day. I'm an adoption social worker by training. I actually call myself an accidental writer and speaker because I spent uh, many, many years working in the adoption field. So I'm just pleased to be with you and, and excited about our conversation today.
1: One of the things that I am very excited to talk to you about is your journey with the Holy Spirit, just how that has impacted you in several of the books you've written. One was Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe Life is Better with the Holy Spirit. And then, and that's your latest book, and then Never Alone, Parenting with the Power of the Holy Spirit. So can you tell me what started your journey in studying more about the Holy Spirit?
2: You know, I was raised as a preacher's kid in a Presbyterian church, although a charismatic Presbyterian church, and been following Jesus since I was eight years old. But it was only several years ago, I'm 46 now, if that gives you perspective, it was only several years ago that I began to ask the question do I really know what it means? to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, so oftentimes in church, we'll so easily recite those seven words, in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We sing those words in songs, we recite creeds about the Holy Spirit, but what does it actually look like to know His power, to live in His power? The more I dug into scripture, the more I realized that I knew very little of the Holy Spirit's essential role in my life. I think like many Christians, I had put him in a spiritual gifts box. We assume that the Holy Spirit is for spiritual gifts, or we assume that he is primarily for producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And and we miss out on all the other incredibly essential and beautiful things that he was given to us to do. And so I just began to dig into scripture and read books by theologians I admire, and honestly had my mind blown by how much I had been missing out, hence the title, Don't Miss Out, how much I had been missing out on really doing life with the person of the Holy Spirit.
1: And that took you to writing your book on parenting. And so how has the Holy Spirit affected your ability to parent? How did you tie practically how I raised my kids and integrate that in your spiritual walk led by, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit?
2: I think one of the first things that we have to do is we have to ask ourselves the question, do I know who he is? Right, because how do we live in his power and do life with him if we don't know who he is and what he was given to do? And so it's really about answering that question, who is he? Well, he is God. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But he is also a divine person Well, who has a mind and who has a will and who has emotions. And so as we discover that reality, that truth about him, it changes how we go through life with him, realizing that He actually takes up residence inside of us, that He is God's personal presence living inside of us. At the moment we put our trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of us. And so when we embrace that, which I think a lot of Christians don't even realize that the Holy Spirit is living inside of them, empowering them, giving them everything they need. And so how does that apply to my parenting? We think about how scripture says God has given us everything we need by his divine power to live a godly life. And that divine power is the Holy Spirit. And so as a mom, it's incredibly empowering to go, okay, if motherhood has taught me anything, it's that I need God to help me. Right? I cannot do this in my own wisdom, in my own strength, in my own power. And so God has given me a helper. God has given me everything I need to raise the children He has entrusted to me, to the glory of the Father. And He has given that to me in the person of the Holy Spirit who takes up residence in me and who is my helper, who is my comforter, who is my counselor, who is my advocate. When Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit as the helper, that word is so full of meaning. It can be translated as you know all the things I just mentioned, comforter, counselor, advocate, uh, strengthener, intercessor, and champion. And so as a mom, as a dad, when we think about that, we've been given all of this in the Holy Spirit, that radically changes how we parent because now we have a supernatural helper empowering us, equipping us to do this very hard and holy work, which is parenting. If anything reveals our weakness and our need, it's becoming a mom or a dad and recognizing that we are limited and we have weaknesses and we need help. And the beautiful thing is that God has given us all the help we need uh, by sending the Holy Spirit to dwell in us and to guide us as we guide our kids.
1: So when you came to that realization, like, I am not alone Mm
2: -hmm. in this
1: journey to parent, and you are doing this research and God is speaking to you through his word, that he did leave that comforter, counselor for us. How did that change the way you parent?
2: One of the ways it changed is how I pray for my kids and with my kids. I think one of the most beautiful things about the Holy Spirit is that he's an intercessor, that he prays for us, that he prays for our children. I I know so many moms, we get to that place in life or that place in parenting where we go, I don't even have the words. I'm so tired or I'm so weak or I'm so discouraged. I don't even know what to pray anymore. And it's so encouraging to me that the Holy Spirit He knows what to pray and he does pray and he prays in perfect accordance with God's will. And I find that so comforting. And so it's also changed how I pray with my kids. You know, when I load the kids in the car in the morning and and we drive to school, I always pray with them and for them, but I pray bolder prayers now for my kids and with them. I want them to know that when they walk into that building, that God's personal presence goes with them, that he's not just beside them or in front of them or behind them, but that he takes up residence in them because they have put their trust in Jesus. And so whatever they encounter that day, whatever they need that day, I just call on the Holy Spirit to just indwell them and, and fill them and empower them for whatever they're going to walk through that day. You know, As we know, kids are walking through harder things than ever right now. and And our kids need to know as much as we need to know that God is for them and he is in them and he can give them what they need if they will rely on him and follow him. And I think that's Incredible. Another way that it's changed my parenting is the way I talk to my kids about just the way they live their lives and that sense of conviction. That we all have the Holy Spirit who is always convicting us. and it's that's a work of love. I think sometimes the word conviction can make people shudder because it can, you know it can be used in in terms of punishment. But the beauty is that conviction is the Holy Spirit's work of love. It's his way of saying, "Hey, you're headed in the wrong direction. you're you're headed down the wrong path. Repent, turn, look to Jesus, look to the path of life." And so, Empowering them to recognize what conviction feels like, that Holy Spirit nudge in us when you're about to, <laughs> when you're about to be dishonest, when you're about to do something or say something or look at something that that sense and you goes, mm, not God's best for you. Right. Teaching them that that's the Holy Spirit trying to keep them on the path of life to try and lead them towards God's best for their life. So it changes how we parent when we are able to identify as moms. All of the things that he does. And then we can teach that to our kids, and that changes how they live. Well, so
1: many people use the phrase, I heard a little voice, or I felt a nudge, or I had a thought, and really naming that it is the Holy Spirit who leads and guides us. So, really, you're naming that thing in them that is you know, nudging them forward or speaking to their heart or bringing that conviction. And I love that scripture that says it's godly sorrow that brings Mm -hmm. about true repentance. Mm -hmm. And that really is a work of the Holy Spirit in our life, isn't it?
2: That's Um, right.
1: And and so one of the things that you said in Mom Set Free that I love, you said that you do not have to be perfect. In your Bible study, focuses on how to lay things down. So, as you wrote uh, your book, Mom Set Free, how did your study of the Holy Spirit intertwine with your writing of that book?
2: Mom Set Free was the book I wrote previous to my study about the Holy Spirit, and and that was a really powerful journey with Jesus for me as well because. I, like many moms, was carrying that pressure that I have to get it all right and I have to do it all right in order for my kids to turn out all right. There's this theme woven into mothering that says, what you get right and what you get wrong will determine who your children become. And that's just not the gospel. That's not the gospel. I mean, we play a very significant role in our kids' lives, right? We do. What we say matters. What we model matters greatly. We can build them up. We can tear them down. We can lead them toward Jesus, or we can lead them astray. So we play a significant role. But this was a life-changing truth for me. We are significant, but we are not sovereign. We are significant in our kids' lives, but we are not sovereign over their lives. And so when we realize that God is sovereign, that he works through our weakness, that, that even through our needing forgiveness is a way that we can point our kids to Jesus, because there is only one who will never let our kids down. Only one. And it's not you and it's not me, it's Jesus. And so even when we mess up and need to ask them for forgiveness, it's an opportunity to say, as much as I will try to get it right for you, I will get it wrong because I am human, but Jesus will never let you down. And so Mom Set Free was an opportunity to look at, all of the pressures that we carry as parents. Pressure to produce the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Pressure to lead them to salvation. Pressure to perfectly orchestrate their futures. The pressure to get it all right. And we look at those pressures and we put them in context. We put them under the sovereignty of God. So we look at what our role is, but then we look at what god's role is what the holy spirit's role is and so that was mom set free and it literally set me free from all of this pressure that was weighing me down and stealing the joy from my parenting and to be able to say lord these things belong to you so i'm going to partner with you i'm going to put my hand in yours but i'm not going to carry the pressure to do your job in my kids lives And so, what came out of that was recognizing that it is primarily the Holy Spirit's role. A lot of the things that we take on, it's the Holy Spirit who opens the eyes of their hearts to faith. That's what scripture tells us. It's the Holy Spirit who sanctifies them and produces the fruit of the Spirit in them. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts them, right? We're good at trying to convict our kids, aren't we? I'm good at trying to play the Holy Spirit's role in my kids' lives. And so, that reality led me to keep going with that idea and write Never Alone Bible Study, which is, okay… Well, if it's the Holy Spirit's role, I want to know more about who the Holy Spirit is and how He does that work so that I can better partner with Him, that I can better be led by Him as I leave my kids.
0: How ready are we as parents to let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit? Sometimes it's a job we try to take on ourselves. And as Jeannie Cunyon has said, it's better to let God be the heart changer and heart shaper in our kids' lives. When we come back, how do we surrender control of our kids to the Holy Spirit? One of the ways we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ is investing in the next generation. That's why NextGen exists through the SBC of Virginia. Through dynamic resources, events, and opportunities, your youth group is not alone. From leadership training to discipleship, you have the resources at your fingertips to lead the next generation well. Learn more by visiting our website, sbcv.org forward slash NextGen.
1: It was really mom set free and your own reflecting on parenting and just how that was leaving you that really set you on that trajectory of studying the power of the Holy Spirit. But it is so hard for us as mothers. So I'm a mom of four and a grandmother of 14.
2: Oh wow. And so it is really That's amazing. Hard.
1: It is really hard to surrender your kids, lay them on the throne and say, so God, God, do your work. Because as moms, we want to control outcomes. That's and right. so when we control those outcomes, how does that leave us feeling?
2: I resonate with that very much, right? We want to be able to see the um, outcome of our effort. And that's one of the hardest things to lay down is, is really that we do not control the outcome of our effort. We absolutely do not. We can do behavior modification in our kids, right? By boundaries we set in place, by consequences, by discipline, we can do behavior modification, but we cannot do heart transformation, We cannot, that is the Holy Spirit's work. And so while we do behavior, while we do have to do those things of discipline and consequence and boundaries, all those things are very gospel centered things that we're called to do as parents. We have to realize that we don't control the outcome because the outcome, genuine lasting outcome that we seek is heart transformation. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Like you said, it's a really, really hard thing to lay down until this was big for me until we realize that God is so much better at outcomes, right? We think what we know, what outcome we want. I think I know what I want God to do in some of my boys' lives right now. I'm begging him for some outcomes, quite frankly. And when I don't see those outcomes, I get frustrated and disappointed and I can't even question God. And yet when I can look back over my parenting journey And I go, oh, that's what you were doing, God. You had something bigger in mind. You were up to something greater than what I was asking you to do in my son's life, something that would serve him far better in the long run. But we have to lay down those outcomes and we have to trust him when we can truly declare that he is trustworthy and faithful It's a little bit easier to unclench our fists that are trying to control outcomes.
1: But don't you think that the role of the Holy Spirit in parenting, and you said it changed the way you prayed and the way that you prayed for your boys. I've always thought that the prayer is what gives me hope when I don't see change.
2: 100%.
1: And the Holy Spirit reminds me of his promises over my children as I pray, you know, even God's word back to him. And I feel like, in mom's set free, even though that book doesn't completely talk about the power of the Holy spirit in our life. I feel like it's a reminder of God's sovereign plan over the rule and reign of the lives of our kids and the grace that he gives us in the role that he's assigned us as moms. And I'm so Um,
2: glad you mentioned prayer because I truly believe we do our best parenting through prayer. We do our best parenting through prayer. There's a line in Mom Set Free that says, our children need us to be prayer warriors more than they need us to be problem solvers. I have to go back to that over and over again. They need me on my knees as a prayer warrior more than they need me beside them trying to problem solve things that I really don't know much about after all. I'm so grateful that you mentioned prayer because we really do our best parenting through prayer. And then we get to experience the peace of God that passes all understanding as we do bring all of those burdens and heartaches and hardships and fears and worries to Jesus and say, Lord, I need your peace because I'm scared, I'm worried, I'm concerned. I feel out of control being a mom <laughs> to test me to my limits and and I love these kids so much and I want what's best for them and and we just take all of that to him in prayer and and get to experience that supernatural peace when we do. You
1: have written two books on parenting, Mom Set Free and Then Never Alone. So when you write two books on parenting, What does that come from? I mean, what inspires you to write about parenting? What is it that you want other moms to know?
2: Yeah, you know, as I mentioned, I never dreamed of being a writer. I was an adoption social worker, and I actually fought the Lord a little bit when I felt him nudging me toward putting into writing what he was teaching me about his grace. And it came from a place of finally it got to the place where I thought, I can't not share this. Mm-hmm. Because when the grace of God disrupted my life in such a profound way about 10 years ago, even though I've been following Jesus since I was eight, I had a new revelation of how radical his grace is, how unconditional his love truly is for me as a mom who was watching all of my weaknesses become revealed through my parenting, right? Right. It became one of those things that I couldn't not put it in writing because I knew he was calling me to do it. And I said, Lord, I've never taken a writing class. I don't even know where to begin. And it's that journey. It's the greatest adventure of learning to trust Jesus when he calls you into places and into positions that you feel like you have no worldly right being in. You know what I mean? Like you have no training it. He says, I will equip you to where I call you. And if we don't trust Him and if we don't take that step of faith, we never get to experience the supernatural breaking into the natural where He really does equip us for the things to which He's called us. And then we really have to rely on Him. And so, writing the book was just an act of, All right, Lord, here I am, use me, send me. It's my life verse that my parents had given me when I was young. Here I am, send me. And so, wherever you call, I will go. And it's just one step after the next. And by the grace of God, I've had the opportunity to publish them and and share them and speak about them and watch God transform lives through them. And I'm just really, really, really grateful because he used it to transform mine first. I can't write anything that hasn't done a work in me. And so it's just, it's fun to watch other mamas benefit from the work that the Lord did in me and, and what he took me through first.
1: If you could give moms one piece of advice, one thing that's been, you know, a resounding theme through parenting, through your books, what advice would you leave any moms that are listening?
2: You know, honestly, I feel compelled to go back to something we mentioned earlier. I think it's something that I have to go back to often. And and the truth is (laughs) because of Jesus, what we get right and what we get wrong does not ultimately determine who our children become. I know so many mamas carrying so much guilt and so much shame over the mistakes they made years ago, over the mistakes they made this morning. And I want moms to know that God's grace is so, so deep and so wide, and there is nothing that his grace can't cover, and there is nothing that he cannot redeem that he can bring good, even through our mistakes and our weakness. And, And there's so much power in asking for forgiveness when we mess up. Did you mess up 10 years ago? Go ask for forgiveness. Did you mess up this morning? Ask for forgiveness. God's grace covers it all. So yes, you play a vital role in your kids' lives, but God's grace is greater. And so just surrender to that and be grateful for it and let it change you and watch it change your kids.
1: Jeannie, thank you so much for joining us, and I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate um, all of the sacrificing you've done so that other moms can be set free and walk in the grace uh, that God has given you. So thank mm-hmm. you. God bless you, thank and you. I appreciate you.
0: If we view God as an angry father who is waiting to punish us, We might be hesitant to go to him and ask for forgiveness, especially if it's something that happened a long time ago. Maybe God forgot about it and we can move on. (laughs) But we make mistakes, we sin, and we do wrong things. And God is not coming down on us with an iron fist. The scriptures are clear when they say that God wants us to approach his throne with boldness. He is ready to forgive. If the notion of communicating with the Holy Spirit as you parent your kids has resonated with you, especially if you're a mom, look for Jeannie Cunyon's book, Never Alone, Parenting in the Power of the Holy Spirit. It's available at Lifeway.com. And you can reach out to Donna Polk at the SBCV. Her email address is dpalk at sbcv.org. That's D-P-A-U-L-K at sbcv.org. And before we go, I want to remind you that the Not Alone podcast is a production of Innovative Faith Resources. If your ministry is considering new digital media options, well, you're definitely not alone. Innovative Faith Resources is here to help you walk through those tough technological challenges. To find out more, visit sbcv.org. Again, that's sbcv.org. These resources will help disciple, encourage, strengthen, and challenge you and your church family to live daily for Jesus Christ. This podcast is a production of Innovative Faith Resources, a media outreach of the Southern Baptist Convention of Virginia.